Who would you be if you didn't hide behind your shame? Where would you be if your inner judge didn't dictate your life? Hello, hello. We are here to break cycles, to open conversation into the taboo, and most of all, we are here to feel sexually liberated. Welcome to Your Body, Your Story. Hello, welcome to episode number 14, and this one is an anonymous guest. So my guest here is a transgender man And it was an amazing conversation learning about his experience transitioning and life and being someone who transitioned a little bit when it wasn't, I would say, as popular or as, I guess, mainstream. Not that those are great words to use, but for lack of some better words. I will let you know there is a little bit of cat meowing in the background, but yeah, and I think a little bell. Yeah, the cat was playing and... Yeah, it was kind of cute. But in this episode, we cover this guest's experiences growing up, not really knowing their, yeah, kind of gender, sexuality, identifying originally as a lesbian, and then not really knowing what to do. And it didn't feel good saying that they were a lesbian. So yeah, kind of learning what transgender would have meant and kind of their journey of starting their transition and realizing that that's exactly what they wanted and that their confidence boost happened after, yeah, they, they transitioned. There's some conversation about male privilege and what that, that difference was experienced between being a female and then being a male. And then changes in safety and feeling safe in different types of areas out in the world, depending on, of course, different genders. We talked a lot about family acceptance and the need for support and the need for community. There was a good conversation about relationships and we talked about, you know, dead naming and mislabeling and how to approach that and kind of navigate the world of people maybe not respecting those boundaries and respecting those things that you you're wanting. And then, yeah, having boundaries and stuff for family and, you know, saying this is who I am and this is who I'm dating or all of those things and just saying you have to accept it, right? Especially with family and stuff like that. But it was a really amazing episode and I really hope you enjoy and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for being here and well, being on my podcast <laughs> and um, being okay with sharing something that can be very sensitive and uncomfortable. <laughs> well, you're welcome and thank you for being here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So please tell me how you identify what the labels are and what they mean to you. So I identify for the most part as just male, but I am a trans man. Um, so I was born female at birth. And I have gone through the transition to now be legally male on all of my identification. And for how long has that been now? That's been 10 years now. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm actually curious too, because I've heard from a lot of people that getting all of their identification changed, like their government stuff changed, can be very difficult. Was that, what was that journey like for you? Um, So... When I first came out uh, the second time, so in my late 20s, 
and decided that this was actually the time that I was going to transition, I was able to get in to see a gender specialist within weeks. Um, now it is, there's a like years wait list just to get in to see somebody. And in order to have your documents changed, I'm not sure what it is now. Back then you actually had to have a letter from a your specialist. Doctor, a specialist, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was able to get that done and actually had all of my paperwork changed from the time I got my letter. I think it was about two and a half months and I had the paperwork in my hands. But there's a lot that you have to go through. You have to, again, you have to see the specialist. Then you have to go for fingerprints. Then you have to go for a criminal record check. You have to get, basically, there's a huge list of things that you have to, to get done. And then you can apply to have your birth certificate changed. And once that's changed, you can change your Alberta health care. And then you can change your government ID and your passport and all those fun things that you have to get changed and everything else that you don't think about changing. Yeah, even I didn't even think about criminal record check. Like, it makes sense once you say it, but it's not something like some of those things you don't think of that that's a step that you have to go through just to change a little thing. It's not a little thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. But, like, it, it seems like a little thing, but then it literally is changing your entire identity and that's how the true. world sees you. Um, so it is a little thing in the spec of things but then at the same time it's a it's a, the first step for for most people it's the first step right in in changing your identity and and like i said how the world sees you mm -hmm. and yeah like i said so once you get all that stuff changed then you have to go through things like your banking your um oh gosh your 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 passport your which I still haven't done because I haven't needed a passport, so it's not changed yet. Um, but your um, your credit history, like people don't think about that they have to change that, their credit cards, all that fun stuff. So it's the list that you need to comp compile to get changed. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a relief once it's done. It's very stressful to get it done. Right? I think it's already a stressful thing when you like move. Like yeah. you move from one apartment to another, a house to a house, and already that paperwork and the amount of places you have to reach out to just to change that stuff already is so annoying and overwhelming and just too much. I can't imagine like that's like double, triple what that yeah. would be. And and you can't just phone them and be like, oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> you then have to like send in copies of everything. So they want a copy of your new um, identification. They want a copy of your birth certificate or your legal name change certificate. I've had to do both depending on what I was changing. And it's, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's to make that phone call to be like, by the way, I need to change my name and my gender marker. And if you get the wrong person on the other end of the phone, they can make that hell for you. Right. And I, I had that when I was trying to change just basic things like, my Rogers bill, my Rogers bill is still in my my dead name, and they will not change it. Oh wow! You'd basically have to like open up a whole new account, like and, a... and I I didn't do that. Right. So I mean, luckily, there, my my birth name is is I, I could shorten my current name to go by what's on that that document. Um. So for the most part, I don't fight with them about it. It only comes into play if I 
uh, want to make or add somebody to my account because I have like my family members under my account as well. So if, if I want to change that, then we get into more heated discussions about um, my name on on the on the bill itself. Right. Yeah, I can already imagine that being <laughs> such a problem. When sometimes, because some places too, for like a simple bill such as that, where if they like ask for your ID and it's like, oh, but these little things don't, don't match, match up, you're a different person. It's like, but I'm not. Yeah. Right. And it's it's ridiculous that there's some of those things that you just like can't change. They just yeah. refuse to do it. Like it. Well, I just moved my address to a different place. Well, we can't do that. Or you know, whatever. Right. Like, why? Just just do it make it a way that you can do it like yeah you know? it's you know I, I that day i got the wrong person and it was such a fight that i literally gave up mm. and i don't i don't think about that very often because like i said that is the that's the only one that i had problems with um that i wasn't able to change if anyone from rogers is listening allow people to change their name please please <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, not good. Not good at all. Companies like that drive me crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe if you're okay with it, maybe let's jump into more of your own personal story and journey sure. from child growing up kind of thing so that maybe any other other stuff we talk to has more context. Sounds good. Um, so I was born in the 80s, raised in the 90s. Um, I have a twin brother. So growing up, we were just, I was just a tomboy. I played with everything my brother played with. Um, I have an older sister, but very rarely did we ever do like girl, never did girly things. <laughs> um, it was me and my brother and we would, you know, I remember playing with cars and trucks and going to the BMX track and playing street hockey and shinny hockey and, you know, stuff like that. Just, it was just what I did. And I always knew there was something different about me. I wasn't sure what it was. It took me a very long time to figure it out. My best friend's mom in high school was like, there's something wrong with you, something different. She's like, but I, I can't name it. And I just figured that that's just who I was. You're and like, I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> exactly. It's just who I am. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, I only ever dated one guy and he happened to be the gayest guy <laughs> in high school. Um, <laughs> kind of fitting. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean... I guess I was his front and he was mine, right? Yeah. Um, I came out as what I thought was um, just being a lesbian when I was 18. And I felt that way for about two years. And I was like, this this still isn't quite right. I'm mm. like, I, I'm attracted to women, but I'm not. Um, it, it wasn't, it still didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Like there was still something missing. I didn't even know that transitioning was a thing until my early 20s. I grew up in a smaller town. It just, I mean, even being openly gay, there wasn't, wasn't the normal thing. Mm. So when I moved to the city um, and I discovered that it, it, like, the ability to transition was there, I was in my late 20s, or I was not quite 21 and decided that I would transition. And I did not have the support of anybody, not mm. my friends, not my family. Um, they basically said, you do this and we're going to stop talking to you. And I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't be broken again. Like I just, 
I had a hard enough time coming out as gay, let alone um, trying to transition and not having a support system. Um, so I went back in the closet. Right. And I got married to a woman in 2005, so I was 22. Um, I Anybody I ever dated, I had always told them that I had gender issues. Um, the, fir the first time I was going to transition, I, I saw a specialist who did diagnose me with gender identity disorder. Mm -hmm. um, and at the time, transitioning was quite quick, where now it's, it's many, 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 many years. And he was like, I can have you having surgery in, in less than a year, which scared me. Like, I'm sure it would scare anybody. Mm -hmm. um, Just surgery to get my wisdom teeth taken out. It's is terrifying to me. Like I couldn't even imagine. Uh, yeah. So that combined with my family, I was like, no. So I backed off. So yeah, the, anybody I had dated after that, I had told them that I had gender issues. I said, I was told them I didn't know where that was going to lead, but that they need to be aware of that. My first wife and I were together for a total of seven years. It was when we split, it was pretty mutual. Amicable. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we still talk. We're mm -hmm. not the best of friends, but we still talk. And then I dated a couple of people. Uh, one, I had told them that I had, I had my gender issues. Again, didn't know where it was going to go. And they told me that if I ever transitioned, that they'd leave. So I was scared. And I mean, at that point, I had no desire to transition, but I was, it wasn't completely off the table. Um, and then I met my second wife <laughs> and she was okay with the fact that I had gender issues. Um, I had also been diagnosed with BRCA2, which is a cancer gene. So I knew that I had to have a mastectomy and a hysterectomy. Um, when I wasn't hundred percent sure, um, but I knew that they were, they would be coming because my chances of getting cancer, it wasn't if I was going to get cancer, it was when I was going to get cancer. And so I thought that when I had those surgeries, that it would fix me because um, I would no longer have a chest. I wouldn't have to worry about having periods. Things would be just fine. So I had my hysterectomy in 2011, right before I got married. And then I had my mastectomy in 2012. And I thought initially that it was perfect. I was like, I now am in the body. Um, the physical body that I wanted and that I felt most comfortable with. And I was okay for about a year. And I remember going, I remember going to the pool one day and this boy looking at me and he's like, there's something wrong with you. He's like, but I can't figure out what it is. Um, no, I guess to put that in context, I didn't, I didn't have nipples <laughs> and I was shirtless. So <laughs> that was the context of that conversation. However, that put something in my mind that mm. again, there was something wrong with me, but the outside world could see it as well. Um, I was always very masculine. Um, so everybody would refer to me as male until I opened my mouth. I had a very feminine voice and I, it, it would make me not want to talk to people. Um, I would do my best just to nod or shake my head or do whatever and not, um, not actually speak if, if I didn't have to. And then my doctor said, well, we, we have to put you on hormones of some type. And I was like, really? Um, they didn't want 
to put me on estrogen. And they're like, so we, we have the option. We can put you on a really low dose of testosterone. And I was like, really? <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <high dose. laughs> I'm like, this is I'm like, everything is just falling into place. Like this is, right. I don't want to say fate, but I was like, and it just felt right in that it moment. Felt, too. It felt like just this aha moment. I'm like, this is perfect. So before that even happened before, because of course we had to do a lot of talking and stuff. And, and I went to my mom and I was like, you know, if I told you I was going to transition to male, what, what would you say? Cause she didn't support me the first time. And she was like, you know what? I've watched everything you've gone through and I understand now. Mm. And, and she accepted it. And I was like, Hey, I've got my mom's support. I don't care who else supports me. Mm. Um, my wife did not support me, however, decided to stay with me. And then my friends, my, my friend, my real friends stuck by me and the ones who didn't get it, just, they, they went away mm -hmm. and I, I found out who my true friends were and I did have the support and I had the support of my friends and my family, even people who didn't understand were supportive this time. My the person I thought I would have the biggest issue with was my stepdad. And as much as he he was supportive or he is supportive, I guess, um, I thought he would be the one that would misgender me and, and dead me and whatever. And when it came to my family, he was the one that was correcting people, which was it was that was weird to accept and understand the The person I had the biggest problem with was actually my brother. I was going to ask you about your brother, my brother. I had the biggest issue with him um, for the longest time. He wouldn't talk to me. Um, he wasn't supportive. He. He is a religious man, and I, I I understand that, except that that's that's his thing. I am not. <laughs> um, and during the pandemic, I actually went to live with him and his family, and I had a goatee, and and you know I remember being outside, and he was introducing me to his neighbors as his sister, mm. and one of his neighbors looked at him, and they're like, "Dude, that's not a girl." <laughs> So in his, he would do it, I think, to try and embarrass me and it backfired and he was the one that got embarrassed. Right. Um, and then he changed the way he thought. And I mean, he went from me being his sister to uh, just being his sibling. So I don't have a gender to him and I'm okay with that. He doesn't use my full name. He shortens it up, which is okay. I'm okay with that as well. And, uh, but, but his, his wife is very supportive. Um, he has two teenage boys. His oldest one is the most affectionate teenager I've ever met in my life. And the support I get from those kids is, is phenomenal. Do they know? I have no idea. Right. Um, will they know? Yeah. When, when we think it's right, I'll, I'll take them up for coffee and have a conversation with them. It's not going to be an issue. I don't see, but it's just not something I've had that conversation with them yet. And my sister is phenomenally supportive. Uh, my mom is phenomenally supportive. I've got the support for the majority of my cousins, aunts, uncles. Yeah. And, and my friends, like 
my 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 good friends are are there and they're there for me. I did end up getting divorced. My my wife when I transitioned um after I transitioned we did decide to have a child who's almost 10 and but we our marriage didn't last. Um I I I'm pretty sure 99% of that was the fact that I decided to transition. Mm-hmm. So I mean that is what it is and there's really nothing I can or want to do about that. I'm in a fantastic relationship now with the most amazing person who is very supportive of everything that I've gone through and anything that I continue to go through. Yeah, um, I'm actually a little, well, I mean, yes and no. I'm somewhat surprised, you know, that your brother wasn't supportive because, and this is a common story, but of course not always, that it's usually a sibling that a person's closest to that they're like, oh, I knew. Right. Like that's a fairly common story that they're like, oh, I knew we just never talked about it kind of thing. Right. So it does make me feel so sad that you were so close when you were young. And now to have that pushback and, you know, misunderstanding and lack of acceptance, you know, when I mean, it probably could have been a little bit more obvious to some people, I'm sure. Right. Like, yeah, like I am. I I know that like my aunts and uncles who I don't see very often they were like, yeah, and that's going to change you how. Like, right. I mean, my personality didn't change, except that I got a little bit more confident in myself. Right, and that's good. And, and happier in myself. Yeah. Um, it It's it's not like I overnight became this whole new person. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people, I guess, sometimes assume. Is right. they're like, it's going to change everything. And yeah. it's like, it literally changes, like, nothing except for appearance and then like you said like your confidence in yourself you know your self-esteem you might just like yourself more and why is that a problem (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't understand why why it's perceived that way and it's very strange um but you know i i see it in in the younger kids now that are transitioning i say kids i mean like young adults and stuff (laughs) (laughs) they're kids to me oh i just aged myself (laughs) (laughs) but you know like i i have friends who who have teenagers that are transitioning and they come to me for support and they ask me questions and i'm very open to anybody who has questions like face to face um just because i want the kids to know that there's nothing wrong with them Mm. that this is something that just is and I really wish that it wasn't the big kerfuffle that it's been, especially lately in the news. I just wish people would accept people for how they are and move on. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't know if you will have an answer for this, but what does acceptance and like understanding look like to you? Like if you were to see like someone like myself or someone who doesn't have like firsthand experience, maybe like how would you want someone to come to that place of acceptance and understanding? What do you think are the right steps for people if they want to know more and understand? Um, so as for acceptance, just basically being like, if if someone would be like, I decided to transition, this is my new name and pronouns, respect those. Um, people make mistakes. Correct yourself. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Don't purposely dead name somebody. Don't purposely misgender somebody, especially in a group of people. 
um, if if somebody has decided to transition and they are presenting, say, as male, and you're like, oh, this is my friend, and you dead name them and misgender them, they're going to feel like crap, um, especially if it's done on purpose. If it's a mistake, correct yourself. If you catch yourself, sometimes people catch themselves. And, you know, if, if somebody corrects you, accept that, like, kind of like own it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I don't really... I don't really know. And then in, in terms of what well, your second part of that question was acceptance and understanding. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Um, basically, Google can be your friend and asking questions, but the right kind of questions. Don't be what's in your pants kind of question, because I get that a lot, mm. um, especially by old coworkers I haven't seen in, you know, five or six years or you know old friends you know they'll be like so uh what's in your pants i'm like did you ask joe bob down the street what's in their pants no don't ask me that is just rude you know if 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 you want to know more about the process you know ask questions but proper questions you know nothing overly personal again and I think yeah. asking permission to ask questions also. Very much so. Like, don't just come out and just start yeah. asking questions because maybe you don't want to answer questions today exactly. or yesterday or ever. And that needs to be okay, too. Consent. <laughs> yes, consent. Consent. <laughs> ask, yes, asking to ask questions is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yeah. Um, I guess you kind of already touched on this the changes in your relationship through transitioning, was that something that you noticed right away? Like I I would say like your more like recent um, wife that you divorced, like, is that, did you notice that right away? Like you did your transition and it was like, okay, now, now we've just fallen apart or was it like a gradual? Um, It was, she was there when I, when I had to have my surgeries. So, and I was also very open um, when we met um, about, what needed to be what needed to happen because I was BRCA2 positive. So she was there for that and she was okay with that, but she wasn't okay when I started hormones. Mm. Um, because as soon as I started hormones and decided that yes, in fact I was gonna transition and I changed my pronouns to he, him, and my gender to male. And I don't even want to say presented as male, because basically all I did was change my name. And her issue was that her identity fell apart. Um, oh, so it had nothing to do with you. I I don't think it had to do with me. I think a, a lot of it was herself and then the the struggle that she had with her own identity. Yeah. And that happens a lot, um especially when you're in a same-sex relationship. I guess even in a, a even in in a I don't want to say Is it, are you saying heterosexual? Yeah, um because the identity of the other person then is in question. Um, and like you've had in previous podcasts, your, your history does not, um, dictate your future or doesn't dictate your identity. Identity. So, you know, you, you can have an identity that doesn't line up necessarily with the relationship that you're maybe in at the time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but she had, she had a very, um, strong stance about wanting to be seen as straight again and she didn't want to do the bypath she didn't want to 
I don't think can was even really a thing at the time. And so, I mean, yeah, our relationship basically started to fall apart then. And it's, we split in, well, about four years after I transitioned is when we split. Mm. Uh, yeah, so. So it was a slightly more gradual, like it's not like it happened within the year, you know, kind of thing. No. There was, and so it sounds like maybe there was some conversation around it there where you guys were trying to work it out, we, see how it worked. Or... Yeah, we, we tried, um, but it just, it, it I, I think basically as soon as I, I came out, it was doomed and there was nothing that could be done to fix it. Right. And I accept that now. And I mean, for good reason, right yeah. now you've moved into something better. Yeah. That's more understanding and that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. and the relationship I am in now is very supportive of any way I want to present myself. Um, so when when I, I I had gone about four years after my marriage ended before I re-entered the dating scene. And I wasn't really sure how to do that as as a trans man because I didn't necessarily want to date I want I wanted to date somebody within the alphabet rainbow per se. <laughs> um just somebody that would be more understanding, more um more open, I guess. Yeah, just so somebody who who was understanding and open. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I went online, I met somebody online. We initially didn't meet to to date. We wanted just to be friends. Some things lined up, and it was like, oh well, we make a great couple, and and you know we've been together for a few years now. So I'm very happy with the relationship that I'm in. But yet, trying to date, I, I found a lot more difficult than say just being out as a lesbian, right? Um, because then you know people. You know, you're 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 looking for somebody of the same gender. A okay. That's what I was gonna say. Is it, there's this idea that like being lesbian or gay because I think it's been somewhat out longer. I'm using quotation marks because it's yeah. not true that it's okay, and yet being transgender is not. Even though neither of have been out for longer or less or anything right. like that. But we have this idea in our society and in our minds that that's something that's okay, and then being transgender is a little bit more like, ooh, that's. It's it's scary. It scares people. (laughs) It definitely, definitely scares people away. Um, And that's it's hard. It's it's hard. It's scary as like for me, it was very scary meeting people because you didn't like I was very open and honest with anybody I met. That's what I was going to ask you. Like if you were doing online. Did you like in your bio have it oh, just yeah. like all laid out? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. I, was <laughs> like, I feel like that's the right way to do it, right? But well, not there is what you're right way. Well, but... the, a lot of people don't. Um, right. And then you surprise people, and that's where the fear for me comes in. Is if you surprise the wrong person, and potentially they feel person. deceived. Yeah. And you don't know if there's going to be some form of retaliation. Right. Um, so I was just very open and honest in my bio. I was like, and then people could approach you if they were like, I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I think in my mind, that would be more of the better way to do it, but to each their own. Yeah. I think laying things out and open as scary as that can be is the right way to do it. Because again, then people aren't surprised. They're just like, okay, cool. Whatever. Yeah. That's exactly it. That's, that's what I did. And it, 
I mean, for me, it worked out. Um, you know, I, there, there were people that I had approached that were like, sorry, not into that. I'm like, no problem. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm friends with some of them. Some of them I'm not friends with. That's their, you know, something that was concluded after talking to them. Um, because for some reason, being trans also scares friends away. I'm not really sure why that is Because it changes either. everything, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Yeah. So... <clears throat> So I want to I want to talk about passing now um, and passing. I'll use quotation marks as well, is basically when you present as your chosen gender and when when you approach somebody you don't know, they see you 100 percent as the gender that you're pre presenting as. Um, so like I said before, when I would talk, people would be like, oh, oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, 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 you know, call me, you know, female because mm -hmm. I had a very feminine voice. And then, you know, the hormones kick in and, and the voice drop. And, and I mean, I don't have the most masculine voice unless I'm sick. And then I sound like Johnny Cash. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's funny. Um, anyway, so people see me and assume that I am a cis male. And usually it's, it's, frustrating um and, and most people want to pass like that is as a trans person that is your goal is to pass and i hit that goal and then i was like oh i don't have community anymore oh, okay so we we have a activity at pride corner so anybody from edmonton in the queer community has probably heard of pride corner so i would go uh with my partner to pride corner and they would look at me like, what are you doing here? You are some straight dude. You need to leave. And I was, and I, I went a couple of times and I'm like, I don't belong here. Hmm. Um, and I had a conversation with one of the founders and I was like, look, like I'm a trans man. And she's like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, like, am I allowed to be here? And she's like, of course you are. And I'm like, okay. She goes, I want you to have some conversations with some of our our youth because you are what they're striving to be you are what you know you you pass you you present well like you are the goal that they're trying to achieve and it's not a goal you hit overnight yeah um but i felt after i started passing a huge loss of community just because i presented like a straight guy which is i mean i don't want to say good per se but i mean it came with male privilege which most people oh, yeah, say let's dive it, into that. <laughs> most people say it's okay <laughs> i don't necessarily 100 percent agree with that okay thank you so much for being here so far we're just taking a pause to let whatever was said sink in to let anything integrate that you need and just to take a moment to check in with yourself and your body so we're going to do a little bit of breathing here if you are able to i would love you to close your eyes if you need to take a seat you can take a seat if you're walking or driving or unable to close your eyes i just ask that you soften your gaze a little bit so we'll start with closing our eyes down taking a nice inhale through your nose and exhale out your mouth 
And with a sigh, if you feel comfortable with that, feel your body melt down. And on your next inhale back up, I want you to think about the top of your head moving down, melting through your face, your eyebrows releasing, feeling like your eyebrows are melting down into your eyelids, your eyelids are melting down into your cheeks, your cheeks are melting down into your jawline and your jaw is melting down towards your shoulders. Release the tongue from the top of your mouth. Make sure that you're not clenching your teeth or anything like that. And just notice if there's anywhere in your body where you're holding tension and breathe into that place. See if you can release some of that tension. You can give a little wiggle. You can move if you need to. But see if you can release a little bit of the tension you're holding. And throughout the day, if you have the opportunity, I do recommend you try to do this multiple times. It will help a lot. But that is it for our little pause today. We'll get right back to it. Yeah, male privilege. Yeah, what are those changes that you saw? Because again, like you said, it wasn't overnight, but I'm sure there may have been, I don't know, well, I don't know, but maybe you had gone into a store at one point when you were identifying as female or presenting as female. And then did you like, is there places that you had gone back into that you were treated completely different because then you were presenting and identifying as male? There were a lot of places. Um, and what were those changes that you saw? It, I mean, they're, they're going to be, the, the examples I'm going to give are just going to be like very like basic ones. Just from going into a store, presenting as female, depending on what it is. Well, I'll use Home Depot as an example. <laughs> and they think you are dumb as brick. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. And a whole bunch of people come help you. And then going in as male. And nobody wants to talk to you. In in the sense that they, they figure that you know exactly what you want, where you're getting it. You don't need any assistance. That kind of stuff. There's, you know, if if you go to a bar. Um, when Whenever I went to a bar as a female. Not that I went to very many straight bars. But when I did, I would feel that I had to go with a big group of friends. Just because I didn't want, I didn't want to get hit on. I didn't want, you know, the objectiveness. Yeah, none of that kind of stuff. Um, but as a male, if I went to a bar, you could go as you could go by yourself or with one other person, and you're not subjected to the harassment that women are are objected to. They're subjected to, I guess I should say. So there's a different. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. <clears throat> Gosh. So there's a different level of safety. There is, is that... there is a different level of and safety. And like, because this is something that I hear fairly often is like women on a regular basis, walking just in public, going to the grocery store, sometimes just don't feel safe. And I would agree with that. And you do now feel like it, you, that's changed a little bit? It, it definitely has. Um, so if I live downtown... <laughs> It's scary downtown. <laughs> it sometimes. is scary downtown. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to walk in this area by myself if mm -hmm. I presented as female. Not a chance. I used to go to the gym just up from here, mm -hmm. the Commonwealth Stadium gym. Um, and I lived just over there for like a year or two and I would walk. And I, I that stopped very quickly when someone followed me home in their vehicle and they were creeping beside me as I was walking, trying to talk to me. 
And it scared the crap out of me. And I stopped walking. And it was literally like two or three blocks. Yeah. Like super easy, but nope. I I experienced, um, I went to an appointment down in an area, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and regardless of the area that it was in. And this, I was waiting at the bus stop to come home. And there was a younger uh, female standing with me. And there was this guy and he was going around the block. And he would stop at the bus stop and roll down his window and stare at her, go around the block, go around. And he kept doing this. And it wasn't until I got between him and the girl that he left. Hmm. And she thanked me for that because she's like, I didn't know what to do. And I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a small guy. And he, you know, I didn't think he was going to confront me. But, you know, there, like that right there, like, I mean, had I been just another female, I, I think that could have ended a lot differently than it did right so yeah that's super interesting to note because i yeah. think that's something that is really important to confront in our society is kind of how i don't i mean i want to say unfair but you know i don't know that's a yeah a weird word to use but it really is kind of unfair that like you can be sitting in a bus station going to the grocery store walking to the gym yeah and be completely terrified for your life yeah <laughs> and a lot of a lot of people don't get that and haven't experienced that, so they wouldn't know. But it's a very real thing. It is. It is. Um, and and societal norms are are very different. Yeah. Um, I I'm, I will use the bathroom for an example. So women go in the bathroom, and from what I remember, you could strike up a conversation with anybody, and yeah, that was normal. <laughs> that that was normal. You. Men do not talk in the bathroom. They do not make <laughs> eye contact. And men are gross. I'm just putting that up there. Um, as you know, like I have to use a stall or when I have to use a stall, I mean, ew. <laughs> like men are gross where women are not usually that like that. But yeah, like, you know, going going back to the teenagers, like. It's funny because I am what I strive to be. And then I found that once I hit there, I almost wish that I was like at that cusp where mm. people still knew without me having to tell them. Interesting. Like, okay. It, it's a really, it's a really weird um, cusp that I really, I just, I feel sad because I lost the community that, that was my back. Right. That, the you know, I, I, there, there was that community that when I needed somebody to talk to and I couldn't talk to my friends or family, I could talk to somebody within the community. Yeah. Um, and then I just felt that I lost it. And, and a lot of lesbians feel betrayed by trans men. Um, they feel that they're traitors and that, um, they have abandoned that part of the community, if that makes any sense. Yep. So it's community is is different now yeah and maybe you can help me understand this too like when you had said because you are perceived as a cis male why didn't they want you in pride corner isn't like isn't the support and just having people who are allies important or please tell me it, why oh allies are very important 
So um, why didn't they not want you there? Like, that's where I'm, because to me, when you said that, I was like, well, why can't you just have anybody who wants to support me there? Be, because I'm, I'm shy. So I wasn't as outgoing. I just kind of stood there and kind of held back because I didn't know if I belonged or not. So then I guess I might have just come off as a little bit creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it's not necessarily for everybody that no. they'll be told that they shouldn't be there no no yeah no no not everybody i just i i held back i because initially the vibes that i got was because i i'm i'm not a stand on the corner and hold a flag person you like one-on-one -on -one, yeah intimate conversation yeah totally um you know i i've, I've come out of my shell a lot more in that sense. And maybe that was because I felt like initially, for, or I shouldn't say initially, but the last few years that I've had to just basically be COVID, COVID hit me hard in that sense. Um, but not, not having the ability to be as open as I wanted to be. Mm. Um, so I, and, and living with my brother, I wanted to respect him, so I didn't run around being like, oh, I'm a trans person, blah, 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 blah. Um, and maybe maybe I kind of went into some weird trans closet where... Yeah, like, do you feel you put some limitations on yourself? I think I did. Express? Yeah. I think I did. And now, like, my place is full of rainbows. Mm -hmm. And hell, my Christmas tree is a rainbow. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um... And I'm 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 not afraid to express who I am anymore. Okay. Yeah. Is there any specific things or like, you know, like mantras, practices or things that you use to help yourself get more comfortable again, expressing out more in public? Like, and is there something that you're still continuing to work on to try to get to that point that maybe you want to be at? Um, I, I basically allow myself to do whatever I want now. Um, there are days that I go out as flamboyant as can be, and I come off as probably one of the gayest men you know, um, just because I don't put those constraints constraints on myself anymore. Um, I don't label myself as a straight man anymore because I did for the longest time. Okay. Um, I am. I consider myself queer. I, you know, I, I'm part of the community. And that giving myself that label brought me back to allow myself into the community. How mm. I'm perceived in the community, I'm not 100% sure yet. However, I have given myself permission to come back into it. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, if, if I feel like I, I want to go out and I want to be, you know, just presenting as, you know, a straight person, again, stupid labels, I can and there's other days that I will wear rainbow everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm pretty sure with the amount of rainbow that I wear and that I have tattooed on my body, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure that people in the community can see that as well. And and you know I just it allows me to fit in. And I'm assuming too that you probably will dress more how you want to when you're going to do community events that's right. rather than you know if you're gonna go you know like i said just like go get groceries or something right, right? like you probably in that safe space of community feel more comfortable that's expressing right. everything and anything that you want to that's right and yeah. and you know it, it allows me to 
dictate how I want to be perceived, um, how I, where I feel comfortable. Um, and it allows me also to support my community as well, mm -hmm. to, to know that we're not hidden people. We are out there. We're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and have you received like backlash or like negative reactions to you when you have gone just into just, I don't know, like a regular place, like the grocery store, gassing up something where, where, you know, you don't know who you're coming into contact with. Have you received some negative reactions? Um, not many. Okay, I, 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 I have a, a few. Um, usually it's usually actually in my elevator, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a weird place. I'm very talkative. So I will talk to people. Um, and you know, if I'm full of rainbows, sometimes it will make some other people uncomfortable. That's their problem. Totally. Um, backlash. They'll usually say something when they're getting off. That's a little rude, but I just try to ignore it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, since, since, um, transitioning, I have not faced any violence from anybody, which is, which is nice. I, what I have noticed is that if I am wearing rainbows and I go say to an LRT platform, um, I will attract people specifically actually women who would normally not talk to me, feel comfortable talking because you're me. now safe. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I can totally see that. Yeah. yeah. So like I've had like rush hour in the morning and somebody's just you can see that they're not feeling a hundred percent safe. I have had them come talk to me and these are people who are like, I take the train every day. But today I don't know what's up. And then they'll tell me their whole story. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it's I I like I like helping people and I like supporting people. So and more so one on one. Like yeah. we had said earlier. So you know if if me wearing a rainbow something um you know catches the eye of somebody else that they then feel comfortable approaching me and talking to me about you know something within the community or transitioning or um so anything like that i'm all for that i've got i have one i have two I call them Merces, my man purse. I have two of them. Your Merces. <laughs> my Merces. So I have a black one, which is just a plain one. And on days that I'm just like, no, I'm just going out just as, you know, you know, whatever. I use that one. If I've got, you know, today's a rainbow day that has buttons and pins and pronoun pins and, you know, rainbows and trans flags and it's, you know, and and I've had people see that and be like, you have a trans flag, are you? And I'll be like, yeah. And they're like, can I talk to you? Mm. Sure. And I've met people because of a pin on my bag. So. Yeah, it's something that I, I totally understand where people are coming from when they don't want to just go out anywhere and everywhere flashing all of their different identities and how they want to be perceived by people yeah. i understand that sometimes you want to play it safe but at the same time it's like i would love to see people just being completely open everywhere 
and showing who they want to be everywhere. But I understand that it's not always a safe place to do that. But the fact that like some people will just come to you because you are that safe space and you're presenting as that safe space. And that's how it's perceived by some people is I think that's amazing. And I would love to see more of that. And, you know, it's it seems like the younger generation is a lot more. I want to say willing. I don't think that's the right word. it's a lot more natural to them to right. be open and accepting and, you know, and I think that's a generational thing. Um, my daughter's almost 10. Um, although she doesn't know about me personally, cause to me, I'm just dad. She has always been brought up with pride and rainbows and trans flags. And she understands the concept behind, um, different labels in the queer community. She understands that, Colors don't have genders. She understands that, um, you know, some people are born one way, but feel a different way. Um, so, you know, she understands that. And I think that's something that, you know, is really important to teach the younger generation. Um, she stood up to bullies for other kids. Other kids that have been being bullied, she stood up to them. Or for them, I guess I should say. <laughs> I think both of those were correct. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> um, and that's, yeah, that that is something that, that the next generation is. I'm hoping that, you know, gender won't be an issue when, when, when they get older. And who you love won't matter. Like, I, I, I have a, I had an uncle that was gay. Great uncle, actually, I should say. And I never met any of his partners. They weren't um, allowed to attend anything, any family events. Mm -hmm. And when I had come out as as a lesbian, I didn't give my family a choice. I was like, this is my girlfriend. Get over it. Right. And that that was my mentality. And that was my my um, might not have been the best way to approach the situation. But I figured why should. Why should I have to be ashamed of who I'm I'm dating and the person that I love? And, you know, and now it's it's the same thing. You know, I'm like, this is my partner and she's fantastic. And they don't you know, nobody has nobody blinks an eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I guess my my family has come a long way in, in 20 years. And I think I've been a big push in the right direction for them. Yeah, that's amazing. It was such a common thing. And it still is, but it was way more common for people to hide a whole part of their identity because of that. Like yeah. in a kind of a distant relation of mine, when he came out as gay, the whole family basically disowned him. Yeah. Like he just had nobody. And that was a very, very, very common thing. And it's still common now, but not as common, I don't think. But also people did hide a lot. And I think it is really good that you were just like, I'm not allowing you to like make me hide or make me hide my partner. Like, I think that is really important to put up that boundary of like, this is who I am and you're going to accept it and you're going to accept my partner. And this is just how it is. Like, good. (laughs) Yeah. I I wish I had that, um, that same mentality mentality when I came out the first time as as transgender. Right. Um, but I can imagine that being, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I can imagine that being hard because 
especially and I like I don't also don't want to assume that maybe at that point you were still questioning at that point or were you like you were sure but you were um there there was a little bit of questioning still um yeah. and knowing I didn't have the support because I mean that's what my family was like well you, like I stopped being invited to things and and people stopped talking to me and I wasn't ready for that and I was like okay yeah that's and, and I mean when when I brought my my first girlfriend around and they were like okay we you know we accept it we're not you know 100% there but you know we're your family right but yeah transitioning is a whole different ballpark when it comes to family but it shouldn't be it shouldn't be you know and and it's funny my um my most recent wife um when i transitioned we discovered that her cousin had also transitioned and her parents had a very hard time with me um at the beginning when i transitioned and you know i was like like you 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 have an issue with me i said but look at your own family it's in your bloodlines too mm -hmm. And that was a switch in their heads because they didn't know about him. Oh. And when when they found out, they were like, oh, oh, you're, you're not as much of a freak or whatever that we, we thought you were. Um, and and that was, you know, after that, we didn't have an issue. Right. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, I'm not even the only one in my family. I have a cousin that also transitioned. She transitioned a few years before I did, and I didn't know about it. We weren't close, um, and we since have been. But yeah, I didn't know that she had transitioned until I transitioned for the second time. So, hmm. I mean, it's it's more common than I think people think it is. Right. You just might not even know. That's right. That's kind of funny, and I kind of love that. <laughs> it is. Especially it's... if someone is, like, really against it, and maybe it's, like, their brother or their sister who has transitioned, and it's yeah. like, what? <laughs> no. It's we're we're here, right? Mm hmm Um, I have a couple more things. Yes. So I would love to go into like mislabeling mislabeling. Mislabeling and dead naming. I'm like trying to combine those two things. Um yeah, how you said you do have a story about it, but I also, yeah, would love to know like how you um approach having a conversation with people who um yeah, I mean, maybe both sides, like, who outwardly are purposely doing it, and then people who do it by accident, how do you kind of, like, check them or get them to kind of have a conversation with you? Um, so people who who accidentally deadname somebody, um, if you correct them, they apologize. Mm -hmm. People who do it on purpose, they don't accept your, they don't accept your correction, and they'll continue to do so. Um, and the only suggestion I have is in that situation is literally to walk away. Mm. Um, and f like for me, I like I have different situations. Um, I transitioned in a very big company that decided that they weren't going to um, use my preferred name at the time until I had the paper in my hand. And I had gone by a short name of my birth name and they decided, and I, and I had done that for 10 years and they had decided that, oh, all of a sudden, no, we have to, full, we have to call you by your full name. And they did it on purpose. 
And it, yeah, especially after 10 years of calling you by a shorter name. Right. And then they decide, well, now we're just going to start using your full name. Yep. And I mean, I tried to fight them on it. And there, I was just told that it was an old boys club and that there was nothing I could do. And that actually is why I changed my name so fast. Because I was like, there's no way I can transition and and physically change my my voice and all that stuff and and then be called my dead name you know multiple times a day at work like i just i couldn't do it um so that was one of the reasons that that my name was changed as fast as it was um and then yeah trying trying to correct people that i worked with it it didn't work but as soon as i i had my name changed and all the documents got changed at work then it wasn't an issue name was anyway <laughs> I still had to deal with the old boys club that mm -hmm. didn't make my transition at all easy in the workforce. So there's, there's, you know, your, your social life is one thing and then your work life is another. Yeah. It just makes me feel so sad when people are just so outwardly rude. Some, and some of them, they made it their mission. Um, and, and I ended up leaving due to the harassment that I received at work. Um, but I'm pretty sure someone made it their mission to see how, how horrible they can make my my job. Yeah. Um, and was there anybody that you could have gone to, though, for support that, you know, like HR or something like that, that they could have, you know, cracked the whip and told them to... At the time, no. Um, but since I've left, the the company has has created some policies and procedures that I just, I wish were there when I was there. Right. Um, I'm friends with one of my old coworkers who actually is now one of the superintendents of this, of, of the position that I was in. And I mentioned to him, you know, I wish that he was in the position that he was in when I was there because he's a very good ally mm. to the community. And there, there's things there now, and I'm very grateful. Yeah, time who... seems like it's a major factor in yeah. how things are progressing. And, you know, maybe if you were there now, right, then they it still may have totally made it their different. mission to try to, like, get you out. But then you maybe would have had places to go to and they would have actually had some kind of consequence for that. Yeah. 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 Uh. So, like like I said, I know now there's there's things out there. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because mm -hmm. I know people who are transitioning in that um, under that employer. And they're they're not having the the issues that I had, right? So I'm grateful for that. <sighs> yeah, change comes with time. It does. It's just so hard sometimes when you're like, just do it now. <laughs> just do it yesterday. It <laughs> yeah, change everything now. Be better. <laughs> totally. Um, I think I also forgot to ask at the beginning. Um, what uh pronouns you use? Oh, I use he him pronouns. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and share your stories. And yeah, I appreciate it a lot. And I thank you for coming all the way up here to interview me. <laughs> and hopefully, you know, I know that the other podcasts I've listened to have been very helpful for people. So I'm hoping that, some, that something I've said has helped somebody else. Yeah. And I guess, too, like at this point right now, we're keeping everything anonymous. Yeah. Um. However, if someone wants support from you is there any way that they can 
get in contact with you or contact me and I can ask yep. permission. Yeah, like they that. can contact you um, and, you know, let me know and I will give you my contact information. But you are them. open that oh, if yeah. someone wants some. Most some, definitely. Yeah, especially, can we say where we are? Yeah, we're in Edmonton. Yeah, so if someone's in Edmonton and they're looking for support, they're looking for community and anything like that, they can contact myself and we can go from there. That sounds great. Perfect. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.